Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I'm Fern here with Dom. Hello. So here we are. It's during quarantine, obviously. Mm-hmm. But good news is, as everyone should know by now, season three of Westworld has finally wrapped. Yeah. First, I want to talk about how split I feel a lot of people have been mm-hmm. with Westworld. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And we'll get into this later spoiler alert but it's so weird to me because westworld has constantly set itself up to be a show that has always meant to be like well there's always something going on yeah yes they never once really hard ended a season no Uh mainly because they said yeah we want to do at least well we said before but First, he was like, we're going to do seven seasons. Oh, yeah. And maybe a movie. And then I quickly <laughs> turned and be like, oh, we could probably do like four, four or five seasons. You know, whatever, whatever happened. But I still have to do a movie. Now it's looking more of like, yeah, no, we're, I think it's going to be a solid four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Which that, to me, like, sucks. Like, I honestly would love more. And... As soon as this ended, that's what I wanted. I was like, I was disappointed that there was eight episodes instead of ten. Well, okay, so the one thing that Westworld has done really well, and some people think that it's a problem, but it it's not because they've been doing this since it started, mm-hmm. is they always played with this idea of, like, what's really going on. Yeah. Obviously... The first season, we had the multiple timelines, mm-hmm. and that tripped everybody out, right? Yeah. Like, oh. But obviously, as those multiple timelines are going on, the greater story of, like, what is life? What is consciousness? You know, what is real? Whatever. That was the main story. The The side, the side thing was, like, you trying to figure out what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. Season two did the same thing, but they actually had the... The consciousness thing up forward and then this season what they did is they completely took us out of that westworld theme park whatever experience yeah and it's like yeah and it's like nope we're now we're in the real world right and this is everything that's going on and i do still feel like they probably did play with timelines i think so too. whatever too um, and some that's what some people have a problem too. Like, well, they didn't really answer anything, but it's like they're not supposed to tell you every. Like, if the show was meant to tell you everything, then we would have got one season. Yeah, and and that one season would have told you, oh, this is. They would have held your hand and walked you through the whole story. There, it would have been Bernard sitting there, um, telling you every single little thing that's going on. Exactly, because they're always taking something and I guess like planning it now. Right. So then the next season or whatever, 
it blossoms into like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, duh. But also what I think is funny is that because they're so well known for doing stuff like that, they have these things that you think are going to be super like complex and you're like, yeah, obviously this, oh, we're going to get into this and this. And then right now you get it and it's like, no, it's just, just a thing. Yeah. And, and you're like, but what? We didn't get into that. They're not saying they're never going to get into it. They're not even saying that, you know, that matters right now. It's just like the way they set up these things. It's like you're constantly trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I loved about this season really was bringing in this idea that the real world isn't that much different than the park. And hopefully they do something like what devs did and like digital consciousness and like what's real, what isn't. You know, we do see um, that Ford had it. Well, is he in there? I don't know where he is, actually, to be what? honest. I don't remember. I, uh... I can't. But either way, Ford did upload his consciousness, you know, try to to the digital, whatever. Um, and then Bernard goes in at the end of, you know, spoiler alert, obviously we're talking about it, but he goes into that. Um, the, the Forge, yeah, right? The, That's what it's called? The Forge. Um, so the element's still there. Plus, we know about the mirror world, quote unquote, that uh, Roboholm was doing or whatever yeah so there's there's still that there but the cool thing was is the like hard hit like on the no scene was like yeah you guys go through all this stuff just like we did and it's funny too because you come to the end and the whole season you're like yeah dolores is a big she's a big bad she's a big bad she's definitely the big bad um or i think the one guy calls her like dolores prime <laughs> but like she's a big bad but then you get to the end and she's like well yeah you know you're still bad but like there's good in the world like that's you know well, see, that's, that's something you can't take away because okay because everyone was always like like well what's her big plan right what's her big pl i don't understand what her plan is it's like she's been telling like i feel like this idea of her wanting to save humanity was kind of part of what we've seen the last two yeah she's been killing people but like ultimately i think that's what it was leading to was like we can't destroy humanity we have to save it right i don't understand where people like i can i guess i could see it where it's like oh she's going around well, doing all these shady because it's divisive yeah but, at the same, but if you're paying it she did technically kind of say in a vague way like we have to tear this all down and you're but supposed to take it, yeah. yeah. But you're supposed to take it as humanity because the first—that's what I say—is like it's it's so funny because the first season you see her gain consciousness, yeah, and you see how horrible people are. The second season she's she's really starting to come into her own, but still humans are horrible. And even this season, like they do the cutbacks with um, Caleb and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's real cool because. They tie that into that here's this thing that she saw and maybe that maybe like maybe this all ties into to free will being an actual thing, right? Where uh where chance does exist in this world. Because you could you could say that, oh well, 
in that one scene where Caleb is is practicing at the park and they save Dolores and before those guys try to rape all of them, he steps in and a good guy, right? Yeah. You could say that just like what Devs does, like, oh, that was always meant to be, right? Yeah. But then you could also go on the other side of the coin and say, well, this maybe this is like the point where Dolores really started to come alive. Or yeah. like started regaining her consciousness. Yeah. Um, but there's but that's what that's the one thing I really love about Westworld is there's so many layers that you can really dive deep into that you can say one thing or another. And I I think that the showrunners have kind of stated like, yeah, that could be a thing. We don't know. Yeah, and I, but see that it's like I feel like these people are also not like paying attention to what they're being presented, right? Like I can understand like the bait and switch of like, oh, like I didn't know that this was a different. This was happening at a different time. Like that to me, okay, I, that's understandable. But when you're actively like, well, what's going on? I don't understand like what the big plan is. It's like, are you not paying attention to what's going on? That's what's what was really cool, is that it's not a it's not necessarily about like humans versus robots or whatever. Although this next season looks like it is, yeah, it's really about like life and control and free like real, and, yeah. yeah what, and, what is and, free will? Like what is consciousness? What because, is free will? Because her in this season going against the quote unquote humans, it wasn't about that. It was about the control. It was about the fact that everyone in the quote-unquote real world is still being controlled like the host. Mm -hmm. And what did she do? She wanted to free all the hosts. Yeah. And the reason and how she frees the hosts is she has to get rid of Delos and everyone in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So on the surface, yeah, it looks like she just wants to kill all the humans. And I don't know, maybe at one point that's exactly what it was, but I think she started to realize that it's not about this. There's a beauty in this world that you can't see if someone's always controlling it. And when you get to the real world, you think that someone controlling it is like, oh, these people, it's um, Serac, but it's not. It's Roboham. It's just giant AI doing exactly the opposite of what the park was doing. Yeah. It, the AI was controlling the humans as opposed to the humans controlling like the robots, you know yeah. what I mean, mm -hmm. and that's where she wanted to to free everyone, and there and they talk about it before how like look at what happened with the park and all the chaos and stuff in order for them to be free. Right now, all we really see is like a handful of hosts be free. Yeah, and obviously we're leading into more hosts being you know coming into like the quote unquote real world, but. It was there's there's something that they always stuck with was like this free this beauty you know what I mean just this like realness to it and that was really cool especially this season when Dolores Prime dies it's like oh no she's always saw this beauty and you go back to the old seasons and that was part of it too was like it was part of her character mm -hmm. without the Wyatt character. Who always saw the good in people and always saw, you know, like the beauty in the world, like yeah. her, you know, her painting and her wanting to go and all this stuff. Right. She's always been that character. It was the Wyatt part of her that made her more ruthless. Yeah. And maybe that's the part that, you know, pushed her to, to do all this. But really, Arnold was setting her up to become, 
you know, uh, uh, conscious, but the Wyatt part came afterwards. You know what I mean? So the Dolores that we see at the end has always been there. She just kind of, you know, she's been through some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I, I don't know, like, I understand how some people get frustrated with this stuff. And like I said, uh, we'll get into it later on in the episode. But if it's it's one of those things where we saw with Prometheus, it's like if you just pay attention, it's all there. Yeah, because that's how it, it always is. Like they're not trying to tell you the answer to because they're, we don't have an answer to these questions. Like consciousness, like how do you discern consciousness? How do you discern free will? Right? Like in Westworld, it's like. You can't answer. You can't answer those questions because we don't even know the answer to like the base questions. So it's like, I don't know. When yeah, you're you're right. It's like these open ended questions that people want a full answer to, but it's like that you're that's not the the question that needs to be answered. It's this other question we're asking, and that's what's really cool about the show is that they're not afraid to go that hard sci fi route. Like the end of season two. You see uh, William come back into, you're assuming, the park, I guess. And oh, yeah. And you see his daughter coming in. Yeah. And they're going through that whole thing that he did with his his um, ste- his uh, father-in-law. So you're thinking, like, oh, okay, what does this mean? Well, the creator said, like, that's the furthest in the future that we've ever seen in the entire Westworld series so far, right? And it begs to ask the question, well... What does that mean for the future? Because in this season, we see a thing of of what could happen if Caleb does exactly what he does, right? It's like killing these many years, this many years. And I think the end was like population extinction was like yeah. 50 to something years. And like, I think it was like uh, something, whatever, was like 100 and something years, in, right? So... It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it could be a little thing. It could be a big thing. It could, that could be the ending to the whole series that we don't even know. But so does that mean that the host William that we see at the end of this season, this is he not fully uh, awake or in control like a Dolores or a Maeve? Is that, is that a plot point for next season? Are they going to be conscious? Like, because that was one thing that we know exactly what brings consciousness into the host is when they start to hear themselves not uh what was it like what's his name was hearing ford but really Mm -hmm. he realized like no it's it's his own voice same thing with dolores you know she would hear her own voice so that that um which is crazy because you know some people don't have that voice which is like real life people like i don't hear a voice when i think of you know this whatever yeah weird i don't know. know So does that mean that those hosts that she's making, are they hosts that she can control? Are they hosts that she's trying to breed into consciousness? Is there is there like a hard, fast, easy way to to gain consciousness? Is that going to be something? Because like I said, with the with the William thing, is that going to be another thing where it keeps failing? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's so much there. Yeah. With the little they show you, and it's like. That's kind of the whole thing. Like that's what you're supposed to get from the show. You, this isn't a a law and order show where they they 
they have all these facts for you and and you're supposed to be like oh yeah i know exactly what happens at the end they're like no you don't you're a stupid idiot this is really what happened because the person ends up like what was it they don't don't they always like um confess or something like at the end and they're like well she had it coming because she was making fun <laughs> of me or whatever it's none of that shit it's at it the one thing that with sci-fi does and especially what westworld does is that it leaves so much open-ended questions and like thoughts yeah and some of this stuff may never come true some of the stuff may not even like matter in the end but still like just the thought of it like we said with prometheus the one thing i think we really drew us into that movie obviously the fact that it was entertaining and yeah, yeah. stupid if you don't like don't believe that but it it had so many questions for a greater universe and what could be. And that's where we were at. We were like, man, what if this? What if this? Oh, maybe they could show this. Oh, what if they had? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where we left off instead of everyone else would like, yeah, but like you couldn't run in a straight line because that's stupid. And that's where I feel like a lot of people are with Westworld right now. How come now. there weren't more Xenomorphs? And I think that those are the same people that watched uh, Game of Thrones and got upset because, well, they didn't show this or talk about this. They just got to here. And it's like, yeah, but isn't that what you guys want? From what you guys complain about all the time, they got through everything they're supposed to get and you got your happy ending. I, I think fans these days... I don't know what they want, but they don't want the endings that they get. What I think it is, is I think that they were bred into being fickle. I think that in this day and age where some things never have to die, they feel like they're old more. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get it with Star Wars. Um, We get it when when X TV show comes back and, oh, now we really get to see what happens. Yeah, and then it, it gives you something... It gives you more of what you wanted, but then, but they they complain because they're like, well, "What it's not what that's I wanted." That's not what I want, but it's like, no, you wanted more, and that's what they're doing. Man, I I don't know. It's just it's a lot to unpack, but really, if if you haven't seen Westworld, watch it. Yeah, because I'm telling you right now, season one is still some of the best TV I've ever seen ever, mm. and. Now that you can binge watch it, go from season one, two, and three and see if you really like it or not. Um, most likely season four is going to be the last one. I don't know. They I could do something not. different. Honestly, one thing yeah. I love about, like I said, one thing I love about Westworld is they could go do a season four and you think it's going to be the end. And then maybe season five is like 500 years in the future. And it's like, what the fuck? But for what it is and what we got, like I, I loved it. I wish it was ten episodes, but the eight episodes we got was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't have any problems with this season. Uh, maybe you do. You know, let us know what you thought about it. But definitely, this season was an A plus in my book. Oh yeah, um, I loved it, and I can't wait for season four. And like. Two and a half years, maybe? Mm, I think it's probably going to be like three. Probably three. So, go watch it. This is the fucking news. Since we live in the darkest timeline, that means we might not be getting a new Black Mirror season anytime soon. 
Uh, in a recent interview, the creator of the popular dystopian anthology series, Charlie Brooker, was unsure if a new season will happen. Uh, he said, I've been busy doing things. I don't know what I can say about what I'm doing and not doing. At the moment, I don't know what stomach there is for stories about societies falling apart. So I'm not working away on those. I'm sort of keen to revisit my comic skill set. So I've been writing scripts aimed at making myself laugh. The Emmy winning series has often showcased nightmarish scenarios for its characters that feel all too real given the world and the current world pandemic. Um, last we had uh, new Black Mirror episodes um, June 2019. Black Mirror also introduced a new storytelling format on Netflix when it released Bandersnatch in 2018, an interactive Black Mirror film. Brooker's twisted imagination often feels all too real. The science fiction show captures the plights of modern technology in troubling ways. It's brought audiences back again and again, but now with the world and the state that it's in, it seems Brooker wants to go back to his comedic skill set. Which is upsetting, because... Like, Black Mirror is one of the better uh, things on Netflix. I just, I, I mean, I, I get why, like, you wouldn't, like, why you would be like, well, it's, right now is, like, such a terrible time to, like, be, like, feel even worse about things. But it's like, I don't know, like, we, I, I mean, like, I'd like to see more Black Mirror just because I love that the idea. I don't know. I feel like it's, I mean, i like to see him do it does, more. It does like, feel weird, though, sometimes when, you see a headline and it's like, it just reminds you of a Black Mirror episode and you're like, yeah. we can't be getting there, right? But that that is the whole thing of Black Mirror. It's it's the whole idea of Black Mirror is like, oh, you're staring in the face of technology type of thing, right? Yeah. So when, what was it, China, I think, that rolled out that plan of like earning points for yeah. socially whatever, it's like, what the fuck? Like, did they just watch that and they're like, that's a good idea. But I, I don't know. I think that it's it's entertaining to me because you don't want to be there. So it does make sense why <laughs> you wouldn't want to make something like that when it's like, yeah, but we are there. Yeah. who yeah, Who'd want to live in a, a timeline where, like, some um, crass, vulgar um, television star just, like... Uh, bullies his way through a pr uh, primary and wins the presidency. Right. Oh, wait. Oh, that's not... I thought that was a funny TV show. Oh, I thought that was a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, fuck. Yikes. I mean, you could see why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it does... Honestly, it does suck, and it makes me hate... I'm here, sorry to say this, but it makes me hate donald j trump a little bit more yeah because it's like you fucking dickhead you started this but i mean at least he's not giving up on creating yeah know? yeah i mean i can't wait to and, see like what he and i and i doubt that this is him saying oh black mirror is dead like you know it's not like it did have a break anyways right from the second season to the third yeah it's 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 been they've had like longer breaks now yeah so it's not unheard of and and it's not like it's like some, you know, restaurant in this economy where they're like, we're never going to open again. So it does suck. But at the same point, it's like, yeah, I mean, if we have to wait another like two or three years, 
that would be kind of shitty. But at the same point, I mean, just think about it, you know, randomly in a couple of years, it's like, oh, Black Mirror's back. Yeah, Hell hopefully yeah. we'll be back on like track to happier days. Yeah. Trying to find a silver lining in all this. Yeah. Maybe this quarantine thing and, and having everyone shut down, maybe this will help set a precedent for like not putting shows in boxes to where if we have to wait, as shitty as it sounds, but if we have to wait another three years for like a Mandalorian TV show or a Mandalorian season, that it'd be fine because it's like, it's okay. We know it's going to come. Yeah. You know, so. And we know we're going to like it anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's shitty, but at least it's like not on the chopping block, you yeah. know? Walt Disney Studios gave Star Wars fans a May the 4th surprise by announcing that Thor Ragnarok and the Mandalorian director Taika Waititi will co-write and direct a new untitled Star Wars movie, which had already been said before, but um, Waititi will co-write the movie, which was announced as a standalone film that will likely have no connection to Skywalker Saga, with Christy Wilson Cairns. Wilson Cairns co-wrote 1917 with Sam Mendes. Star Wars fans praise YTD's contribution to season one of The Mandalorian, for which he voiced the killer-turned-nanny droid IG-11 and also directed the final episode. But he did not contribute any writing to the series in the first season. Any production on his Star Wars film will likely come after he completes his work writing and directing Thor Love and Thunder for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which, I mean, this is always, like, going to come, right? And I, wh one thing I hate is that people have been posting, oh, Taika Waititi's doing it, so he'll finally make a good Star Wars uh, movie. Oh, can he redeem Star Wars? Oh, God, it's upsetting. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much thought this was going to happen, and when things started going on, it's like, yeah. Especially with, like, Disney and Marvel and everything kind of, you know, being all together. And like we said, with um, Feige supposedly supposed to help out with some Star Wars shit and, you know, vice versa. So it's like this crossbreeding shit that they're doing makes sense. And the fact that he already was tied to Star Wars now makes sense. And yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I honestly don't care what he does. Yeah. Because I'm obviously going to watch it, and most likely I'm going to uh, like it. And I honestly don't think he's going to fail at it, because we saw... I mean, and I don't mean this in like, oh, he revived Thor, but we saw him take on something as big as the Thor Ragnarok, right? And come on on the other side like he was this golden director. So I'm pretty sure that he's going to succeed pretty hard, but... Until then, I mean, you know, we're just going to have to wait. Yeah. So Trolls World Tour was released on demand instead of in theaters due to the coronavirus. Uh, now, a new report is suggesting the stars, including Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake, were not told beforehand that this would be happening. The stars were allegedly not told that the movie would be made available for rental at $20, and sources are telling, um, like, different news outlets that this is not the sort of surprise such people usually like because compensation for big stars in animated films is largely tied to box office bonuses. 
Um, Trolls World Tour is said to have made around 100 million so far, even though some say the film is still in still millions in the red and may never recoup money. Justin and Anna's reps wanted them to be paid their fair share and reportedly seven figures for the box office totals. There were so many articles talking about, like, this is a win for the movie industry and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it's like, hey, 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 you realize this is a two-way street, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that movie theaters aren't to blame or anything, but Mm. look at this. This may not seem like a big deal, but when you're talking about a movie, like, let's just say, let's just say it wasn't, what is it? Trolls? Trolls, yeah. Let's just say it wasn't Trolls. Let's say this was... Some smaller budget horror film with Justin Timberlake and uh, what's her name? Hannah Kendrick. Hannah Kendrick. Right. Let's say it was that. And 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 an all in budget was like 20 million. Right. Yeah. And it made that much money. Just imagine. Imagine like what we would hear about there. Oh, so movie companies try to rip off their two biggest stars. It's like, yeah, but you were just praising them the other week. Mm-hmm. What happened? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And what's more ridiculous, I think, is that, like we stated um, in that same um, that news portion, um, that the studio actually gets what what would I say eighty percent instead of what fifty fifty. So they're actually so yes, they're still in the red. Like the, the like um, I got this from said right. Like, yeah, they're in the red, but not really because they actually, yeah, it's $100 million compared to, well, what, what, I think it was like about $100 million in the theaters for the first one. It was like a hundred. It was like 130 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think now it's actually the equivalent too, right? Because, because of the way that the percentages on video on demand works big, um, versus in theaters. So the studio actually is making more money this way so and then th- then they're saying well yeah you know what it only made a hundred million it's like yeah but you're you're receiving more money so like shouldn't that make up for giving us our bonuses well it didn't it didn't beat the first one look at the box office of the first one and it's like and see i don't th- i don't think people are looking at it like that where they're like it's like you got to it's like it's like the way inflation works it's like you're not looking at the numbers the real numbers the real numbers are the studios are making more money now than they did they're not making more they're making equivalent to by releasing on de- video on demand and then they're being they're using this as a way to say well, it didn't beat the box office for the first one, so we can't give you a bonus. Yeah. I think it's something like you need to put in a graph so people could be like, oh, yeah. colors. I could tell the colors yeah. are different. <sighs> Look at the way that color is a little bit above that color. I get it now. Oh, yeah. And and that was, that was something that I was going to tell you, too. It's like it's so crazy how much people – because, I mean, like I said, we're so good at, like, busting the news – but after we did our episode, not that long, maybe a couple of days after, um, everyone started to report it, right? Mm. And almost every single article was praising the um, the company, the um, uh, Universal. Universal, 
was praising Universal about like, oh, they're changing the game. Oh, now it's, you know, the ball's in their court. Oh, like, oh, this is going to be blah, 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 you know, whatever. Just like, I forgot. It was, it was someone, someone like more prestigious, but it was some online uh, article that was like with the, with so many transactions happening during the quarantine, so this mean the U.S. should move to uh, all electric currency, and it's like what? because we had a couple of weeks where we can't physically go out. Like you know what I mean? I mean, like, they're so they're. That's what I mean. Is like they're so quick to jump, and that was what I saw with with this whole thing. Is they were so quick to jump to like, oh the- yeah, take that, you know, big dude, okay, big theater movie industry. So you're saying. During a time when we can't go to the theater, that's why we shouldn't go. That's why we should kill theaters. Yeah, see? You get it, Dom. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just, it's like we said last week. We understand where the movie studio is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. We get it. Obviously, in, in these times, even the idea of like, well, maybe we should, blah, blah, you know. It's like, I get it, right? And and we've seen uh, with already other other movies and and studios not only pull movies but push them back. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, uh, well, we don't know when this is going to be released, or they'll say like, oh, well, we'll just do it further down the line and all this stuff, right? Whatever. But Universal did something. They went out of their way. They end up working for them, and now we're in a position where we see that this could work. But we don't know if it will work because, like we said last time, we're in a unique situation. And after this whole pandemic goes away and people start, you know, are able to go out and go to the movies and stuff. If they do this again and they can reproduce similar, if not, you know, good numbers, then, yeah, maybe this is a bigger conversation we should have. Right. If. Now we realize that, hey, even though we do have this ability to go out and watch movies, people are still going to rather pay, you know, X amount of money to stay in. That's the conversation we can have later. It honestly sounds so stupid when you put it when you put it out online like that, but you don't have the full story. And this is just a part of that full story, right? Where they're painting this picture like, yeah, but Universal put a lot of money into this movie and oh, they had to release it online and look at they only made like a hundred million and and so like uh, I mean, I don't even know if they're gonna do that well. But then when you look back at it and you say, Yeah, okay, compare the first movie that made a hundred and forty looks bad, but also they're not paying that extra or they're not getting fined, you know, a a fifty percent, you know. Um, deduction already because of this right that's all profit minus you know the money they paid for like ads or whatever it's all profit but people aren't looking at it right now they're just looking at it as like well movie industries right so yeah and money so that's that's the only stupid part about this whole thing is that People are so quick to jump onto this idea like $100 million and online, so no movies, no movie theaters, right? That makes sense. But it's like there's a bigger picture there. And the sad thing is we're probably not going to see this all unfold right away mm-hmm. because it has to take time. 
Yeah. Like we're not going to know anything until the quarantine's lifted and everything gets back to normal. And even then, we're going to have to wait because you know there's going to be there's going to be people there that you know are going to be like, "Well, I don't know if I want to go to movie theaters right now." Like, I'm going to wait. You know what I mean? Like just to be precautious. So, who knows when we can actually pull those numbers and say this is a good guideline of like how much of money how much money a movie makes in a theater how much the same movie makes online you know how what percentage of people order it online you know what i mean so it's a conversation to have but when you jump to the conclusion of like yeah the movie studios really know what to do and then you get another uh, headline that's like hey they might be ripping off like their their talent it's like who looks like a dumbass now Train to Busan is a 2016 South Korean action horror film directed by Yan Sang-ho. Fund manager Seok Woo is a cynical workaholic and divorced father of his daughter Suan, who wants to spend her birthday with her mother in Busan. Seok Woo sees a video of Suan attempting to sing Aloha Oi at her singing recital and succumbing to stage fright as a result of his absence. Overcome with guilt, he decides to indulge Suan's birthday. The next day, they board the KTX 101 at Seoul Station en route to Busan. Other passengers include Sang Hua and his pregnant wife, Seung Kyung, COO Young Suk, a high school baseball team including Young Guk and his cheerleader girlfriend, Jin Hee, elderly sisters In Gil and Jong Gil and a traumatized homeless stowaway hiding in the bathroom. As the train departs, an ill young woman runs into the train unnoticed. She turns into a zombie and attacks a train attendant. The infection spreads rapidly throughout the train. The group escapes to another car and locks the doors. 
Internet reports and phone calls make it known that an epidemic is spreading southward across the country. After the train stops at Daejeon Station, the surviving passengers find the city overrun by zombies and hastily retreat back to the train, splitting up into different train cars in the ensuing chaos. Siak Wu learns by phone that his company is indirectly involved in the disaster. The military establishes a quarantine zone near Busan, to which the conductor sets a course. Siak Wu, Sang Ha, and Yang Guk, who have become separated from their loved ones, fight their way to where Suan and Seung Kyung are hiding with Ingil and the homeless man. Once regrouped, they struggle through the zombie horde to the front train car, where the rest of the passengers are sheltered. At the prompting of Young Suk, the passengers prevent the survivors from entering, fearing that they are infected. Sang Hua sacrifices himself to give the others time to force open the door and enter the car, but Ingil also does not make it. Young Suk and the passengers demand that the survivors isolate themselves in the front vestibule. However, Jong Gil, disgusted at the passengers and despairing for the loss of her sister, deliberately opens the other door and allows the zombies to enter and kill the rest of the car's passengers. Young Suk and a train attendant escape by hiding in the bathroom. A block train at East Daegu train station forces the survivors to stop and search for another train. Yon Suk escapes after pushing the attendant into the zombies, then later does the same with Jin Hee when they run into each other on the tracks. Heartbroken, Young Guk stays with Jin Hee until she turns and kills him. The train conductor starts a locomotive on another track, but is also thrown into the zombies while trying to save an injured Young Suk. A flaming locomotive derails and traps the remaining survivors, but Siok Wu finds a way out. The rest of the group is trapped again by falling debris. The homeless man sacrifices himself to buy time for Siok Wu to clear the debris and Su An and Seung Kyung to escape to the new locomotive. After fighting on zombies hanging onto the locomotive, they encounter Young Suk, who is on the verge of turning into a zombie and is begging for help. He was bitten when the conductor saved him. Siok Wu manages to throw him off, but is bitten. He puts Suan and Seung Kyung inside the engine room, teaches Seung Kyung how to, how to operate the train, and says goodbye to his daughter before throwing himself off the locomotive. Due to another train blockage, Suan and Seung Kyung are forced to stop the train at a tunnel just prior to Busan. The two exit the train and continue following the tracks on foot through the tunnel. Snipers are stationed on the other side of the tunnel and are prepared to shoot at what they believe to be zombies. But they lower their weapons when they hear Suan singing Aloha Oi. Train to Basan. A real life look at how this pandemic took place so just tell me what do you think about the movie um so i i heard about this movie before and i wanted to watch it but i just i just never watched it and i always thought like too like because i don't know about you but for me zombie movies kind of have been like i've been kind of fatigued from like the past decade of like zombie movies (laughs) 
So like to to oh it's another zombie movie, but it is Korean, so it's like okay, so maybe it's a little bit different. Uh so I I just I have I never watched it until recently when we were gonna decide on what to do, and honestly I am so glad I watched this movie because I think I can genuinely say this is probably maybe my favorite zombie movie now. It is so well done. From beginning to end, like it caught my attention like right away. Like I, I I love that it introduces like the zombie aspect with the deer. It it gets you like invested right away. You're like, oh holy shit! Like what the hell is that? And then it and like I love that it it gets like the the father daughter dynamic. Like you already know what's gonna happen, right? You already know that that's that's how movies go. Like oh he's got to reconcile with his daughter. This and that. Blah blah blah. And like, and show that he actually loves her, right? But I like that they kind of speed through that a little bit. Like they get they get through it. Like it's like what, like ten, fifteen minutes that they spend on that, and then bam, they're right on the tra- like they're right on the train. Because you know, if this was an American movie, they would have spent all this time to like, oh, and then to get to know the the COO, and then we have to learn about the the guy and his pregnant wife and like what they did outside of. It's like. No, no, no. Cut all that out. We we already know who the characters are when we get to the train. Like, we learn who they are through the way that they interact with each other. And then even, like, the zombie, like, the the vir- like the spread starts right away. And it's just, it keeps going, keeps going. It's just, it's, like, nonstop action. Like, it has, like, the perfect, like, beats to it and everything. And it keeps you invested, like, through the whole thing. And, like, even, like, at the end, I didn't expect the death. I thought it was going to be, like... Oh yeah, and then they get there and like happy ending, right? But then the dad got bit, and I was like, I was kind of surprised by that too, because it's like you're so used, we're so used to western, uh, like like Hollywood style movies that when you get when you get something from someone who's not who's not built <laughs> into that like by that structure, who's not been taught by that structure so much, um, but yeah, like it. It's a it's so good. Like I highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I think you hit it on the head with the whole it not being from America. So you're taking a look at it differently. Yeah. And we've we've said this in the past, but over the years, as you start to watch more and more foreign films, you realize that nothing is black and white. Nothing is Oh, A, B, and C. You, like like you, we talk about with your, your teacher, how she told you. That's not how you do it. Exactly. That's like, but there is no way to exactly do it. What was funny was that she showed a movie that actually didn't follow that structure. And she's like, and it was, like, I think it was The Graduate, which everyone praises as this great movie, right? And she's like, well, that's, that's an outlier. That's something different. And it's like, you just don't want to admit that your theory on how to write a script is wrong. And that that really does come through with this movie because, like you said, where we don't have to focus on what's going on with this, this, and this, and this, whatever, right? Because with a lot of, uh, and I, I hate saying like all, you know, American writers, but with a lot of like Western writing, and we see a lot with local people when when we talk about character development. We mean character development. But what people hear is, yeah, you explain what the person is, right? Like, you explain, like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, Todd, yeah, he had a hard life. So when he was five, um, this thing happened. And that led to, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And it's like, okay, cool. So is this a is this a character movie? No, Todd's just like the side character, and it's like, then why do we need to know about that? Yeah. Instead of telling us, why don't you just show me him acting like that? Yeah. Like he had a tough life. And and it's something I think like we even work on more so now than ever. How uh, I remember like a long time ago when it when I, f- I forgot what we were doing, but I remember you're like. But why? And it's like, well, because there's something there, but it doesn't have to be said. Yeah. Like there's a you could have these and and you hear it all the time with like these all oh, these prolific uh, directors. Well, they'll say like, oh, yeah, I know about this character, but I don't have to put it in there. Why would I have to? That has yeah. nothing to do with the story. It's just the character being that character is what that is, what you want to drive the story. And that's what you get in this movie. You get these characters that. The only ones that you really know and and you're invested in is the father and daughter, and that's it. Everyone else comes in sep- separately, but they're all everything you learn from there on out is based on their character, how they act, what they do. Do they help? Do they turn? Are they the ones that you know are trying to force everyone into the other cabin? Are the ones that are trying to help? You know what I mean? And when you see something like this, that's supposed to be just a a zombie horror movie and you see them pulling things off that are like, God, this is like really well done. Mm-hmm. It makes you appreciate the movie more because you're not getting this. Uh, I'm trying to think of like some zombie, a- a- any real zombie movie <laughs> that's made in the past like 10 years. Yeah. And sure. Some of those movies can be fun. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm yeah. pretty sure that for instance, the one that I, I really liked, which honestly was a little bit different too was the girl with all the gifts sure that's like a kind of zombie movie but they're not saying it's a zombie but they're they're zombies but that was also really well done too because it's it's taking the idea of like what you think a zombie is and then it pushes it right but the girl with all the gifts the whole story is about whether or not these zombies or you know real zombies if they're people and that's the story they tell here it's just about you know a father and daughter trying to survive spoiler alert they don't well the daughter does but you know what i mean like it's simple but yet there's this this mystique about it that makes it much more than some shitty zombie movie some uh what is that um zombie zomber what was it zombie movies the like beavers, zombie Zom beavers, something like that, like dumb shit like that. It's not that. It's it's something way more. Something that yeah, it is just a zombie movie, but there's something far better produced that we're watching than this shit. And we'll do, I don't explain it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, this but this movie is just it's it's shot really well. The the acting is really good. Um. I, I think, like, just even the idea of putting it on a train, too, like, is, like, it is in itself, too, like, innovative, too. Because it's, like, where can, literally, where can these people go, right? And I like I like the idea where they're, they're like, holding the door and, like, the zombies are just there. And he's, like, I think you can stop holding the door. And he's, like, what? And it's, like, I don't think they know how to open the door. <laughs> um. I don't know what it is, oh, yeah. but I do know that this movie is super entertaining. Mm. It's a great action movie. Mm. Honestly, this movie's really good. 
Um, I've been telling you it's really good for a long time. I tell a lot of people too, like, hey, if you're really into like zombies or any of that shit, like this is probably one to watch. Plus, you know, the 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 bad guy in there. The the dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. Yeah, Mao, I know. Something like that. But he's going to be in Eternals, which is really cool. So if you guys are Marvel fans, you should probably watch this. Yeah. Like straight up. So two thumbs up. Definitely go watch this. Yeah. I mean, you're in quarantine. You probably have Netflix. What else? What could you lose? Yeah. So check it out. All right, so the segment for this week, well, let's talk about um, sci-fi as it's grown over this past decade. Um, Short for science fiction. Ooh, yeah. In case anyone out there didn't know that, some guy's sitting there like, wait, he has to pause the episode. You're telling me that sci-fi stands for science fiction? Um, yeah, just because the way that it's grow- it's changed and grown over these past, like, past decade is is crazy because it's like i think it went from more of like an an obscure like genre i mean every now and then you'd have something pop up like an alien a star wars Uh, but see like those were like they're vastly different and people kind of still like they're still like that alien still was like more of a horror movie and i think this decade really this while the past decade going into now it's it's grown to be more of like what sci-fi original like what original sci-fi like hardcore high sci-fi was before where like like people used to write short stories about and then, <laughs> and I think as as technology advanced and changed when we look towards the future and what sci-fi could be it changed from like the idealistic like fifties imagination where they're like oh yeah it's gonna be like the jet suits and now we look at it and we're like. Oh, it's all almost horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I think, honestly, like, sci-fi in its original form was almost like a, like a highbrow type of mm-hmm. ordeal. Yeah. Like, these books and all this stuff that you would read. That's why only nerds read it. Yeah, like, you know, they played with these crazy concepts that, you know, that touched on sometimes real, you know, real science, but most of the time just, like, what if I can make this up? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like for the majority of the part, at least for like, you know, movies and TV shows, it was more played out like uh, cartoonish, if you will. Yeah. And every once in a while, like, yeah, there'd be something cool or something different. But I mean, for the majority, I think it, it's always been something of like, a, yeah, I mean, like you said, with the Jetsons, like, look how cartoonish that is. But honestly, looking back at it, it's like, it's also pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's kind of how a lot of people saw, you know, science fiction and and stuff like that. But I, I think now that we're getting into this new era that is technically the future, like what people were writing back in the day as sci-fi of like what could be the future, what, what are these crazy concepts? Now we're in this age where those concepts people are actually studying where they're really trying to figure this stuff out. Philip K. Dick isn't just some crazy guy writing anymore. It's like, huh, maybe he was on to something. Yeah. Which, that could, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's something completely different. <laughs> but, 
some of the concepts that he was writing about were were so strange and so crazy that even even some of the stuff that were produced were just kind of like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a it's almost like a horror horror thing, right? And this is this, but now it's more of like, oh, this is like a realistic drama. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, and yeah, honestly, I think that has to do with. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but us getting into the 2000s. Um, I remember, I mean, remember how big Y2K was? Yeah. And people couldn't believe that. What, 2000? That's like a different number. Yeah. Like, we were so used to this one number, but now we got to get it. Re- now we got to get used to this two number. That's insane. Strange. And yeah, I mean, look at how many times that we've seen of X movie, like, Oh, um, look at Back to the Future. Like, it's, what was it? 2000 and... 2015. 2015. Like, <laughs> oh, now we're in the future. And it's like, yeah, because people, that's what they really thought. They're like, oh, yeah, 20 years, everything's going to be different. And it's like, maybe in 200 years it might be different. But <laughs> even that's pushing it. We don't, we don't really know. I mean, and what's crazy is that, like, some of these things do come true because the people who in, do innovate they see these things and they're the they well a lot of those people were nerds right so they they watch they sat there and watched 2001 a space odyssey and they were like oh this is like this is a really good movie they saw like hey we can have video chats in the future wow and then they decide to put that technology into something that's you can hold like hold in your hand and we take it for granted now, which to, to to if you went back in time and you told people like, look at see this device I have in my hand, that's all we do. we do everything with this, and they they look at you like, yeah, but what is it? It's like oh, it's a cell phone, a cellular phone, those big old boxy things that we have to carry the battery around for. Yeah, and and honestly, that that's crazy to think about. Imagine if you went if you went back to your oldest brother. When he was 10 years old and you were trying to explain to him 2020. Imagine how crazy you would sound. Yeah, he'd probably beat me up. He probably could beat me up back then. Probably. Um, but that's not saying a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, we talked about it before, too, where our generation specifically came into this new technology era. Yeah. Like at that turning point where yeah i mean we had you know video games and and cell phones were a thing but it was like things you only saw in the movie and yeah our video our video games are like what was it 32 32 bits was a lot okay remember the nintendo 64 because yeah. it had 64 bits remember when it's on a disc what that's the future uh, the playstation has discs ah. The future. You mean Sega CD Dom. But oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but like we were in that era where things were really changing. And then almost like someone flicked the switch, it was completely changed. Yep. Like I re- like I said, like it's crazy to say, but like I still remember and I'm talking about me being a young, you know, adult thinking like streaming movies you know like that's dumb i didn't i didn't have a personal computer you know i i didn't have a cell phone um 
None of like you know what I mean. Like none well, of this shit was. That's like when um I always talk about like texting. I didn't understand what that was because like wait you can send something from your phone to a, like a message to another phone. Like how does that even work? And then you think about it like like that like right. So that's an obscure idea to someone. To, to, like now, now take that idea and you create like this world based off of that, right? And that's sci-fi. Like all the things that we thought, like oh, that can't happen. That that's got to be like in like twenty years, thirty years. It started rapidly happening. Yeah, and I think that's what played a giant role in sci-fi taking a more serious mm-hmm. uh, turn because. Now we realize, like, hey, this isn't just some goofy shit anymore. This is stuff that we can actually deal with. I mean, they talk about uh, all the time about people saying that if extraterrestrial life does exist, then most likely we're going to find it within the next, like, 15 to 20 years, Mm -hmm. they said. And and that's, like, a realistic projection. Yeah. um, Which is still fucking insane. And, I mean, we, we... we just got, you know, uh, the White House to admit, like, oh, yeah, there's UFOs, even though no, they don't call them UFOs. What do they call them? They call them um, unknown aerial, so, like, something, some, something yeah. dumb, where it's like, <laughs> you mean an unidentified flying object? No. no I mean, you say that. <laughs> yes, but no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of this stuff is legit, like, like coming true. And not only that, but... Some of these ideas that seem so far fetched, now they're science, like legit scientists saying, like, yeah, that actually might be real, or mm-hmm. that could be, you know, that could be like we talk about all the time with like, oh, what if, you know, like multi uh, universes and all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. And there's people out there. There's there's a there's one guy and one girl, complete different scientists, who they had all this data that didn't make any sense. Then they like randomly came together and like hey our data together makes a lot of sense and their data is saying like hey the reason why that our like um the shape of our universe is one way is because like this could mean that there's a another bubble universe that's close to us that's pulling on us yeah and that's and it's like like crazy concepts like that right which we're sitting here like trying to explain it but imagine 30 years ago trying to explain that to someone. Yeah, and, like, because I remember being a kid and hearing about, like, like multi-universe theory, right, and string theory and all this stuff, right? And that, back then, were theories. And now it's more of, like, it's more accepted in, like, mainstream where it's like, oh, of course there, there has to be, like, multiple things. Because the way quantum mechanics works is there has to be. In order for the fundamentals of, like, physics to work, like, that has to be, like, the baseline for, like, or it's, like, it's not just a theory anymore. It's more accepted. And it's, yeah. like, th- these concepts would be the basis for a movie, like, back then. And they'd be, like, some goofy movie about, we have to travel to the fourth dimension in order to stop this from doing this or whatever, right? But I think that's what really led into what we consider now like yeah these these prime like sci-fi movies mm-hmm. where yeah you're right back in the day it would have been like funny but now it's like really thought provoking and it gets you uh, like emotionally invested and it pushes your buttons more than you would think and and I think that's why 
at least, you know, for me, I always try to tell people, like, just give it a shot. Because it's not what you think it like. Uh, what horror movies we talk about all the time is horror movies could go either way, right? Yeah. And 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 really any movie could go either way, but with horror movies, most people think they're gonna get Jason goes to hell's or whatever, right? Yeah. Those old slasher films and and gore movies. That's what people think when they think of horror movies. But we talked about uh, many times how horror movies are evolving now, where now they're making things that weren't considered horror, you know, at one point, now an actual thing. And the same thing with sci-fi is that I think a lot of people think of like, oh, that's just silly. Like, oh, space and aliens and blah, blah, blah. But now it's touching on these real life subjects of like, oh, yeah, um, we might be living in a simulation. I mean, and, yeah. and then scientists are like, yeah, that's actually that's a really good possibility. And then you get these movies playing with that, or these TV shows playing with that concept, and you're like, "Huh." And and I think that that's why, at least we feel that this like new era of science fiction is a little bit underrated. Really, I know some you know some films get praise or whatever, but honestly, like there's so much going on now. Not only like in the real world, but in these like fantasies that we create, that things don't seem so far fetched anymore. But it doesn't make it any less fun. It makes it actually more intriguing. And I don't know. I think that for a long time we've kind of looked into this as like, yeah, it's just sci fi. But now that we're getting these amazing TV shows, these amazing movies, that people are pushing the boundaries of this stuff, like, to me, it's crazy when you see something like a Black Mirror and it's so entertaining and then you see these headlines and it's like, that's exactly like Black Mirror. Yeah. Fuck. We're living in Black Mirror. Yep. Just like the creator said. So. Exactly. I don't know. I, I just think that sci-fi still has a stigma of being lesser than, right? But yes. really, I feel like People should look at it more eyes wide open because it offers so much more than you would get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I just think that sci-fi, what we have now, is something special. Yeah, it's it's getting close to, like, I think it's got sci-fi and horror, they get lumped together a lot. I think because they scare people, either <laughs> on purpose or just the idea of what it means. So they, they kind of lumped them together. And I, I like that horror has been elevated now to a point where like people don't think of it as like schlocky, like, Oh, that like we've gotten, we horrors evolved over the f past few years to the point where people now respect it a little bit. I think that's the same thing with sci-fi as it's pulled it along. And like sci-fi has been able to showcase like, Hey guys, you know this idea that we think of like AI? What if instead of it just rebelling against us like in Terminator, what if it just wants to be free like in Ex Machina where it just wants to get out, right? It's not this idea that like it needs to take over, it just it needs it wants to be free just like you. Yeah. It's like, not necessarily malevolent. Yeah. But, but it it wants it it has the same wants like you want. It's just it's, instead of being born, it was born through 
someone creating it. Which is like, yeah, like where, like, see that, and it begs that question of like, well, where's where's the line between being human and being an AI, right? It's just, uh, I think sci-fi is really special right yeah. now. I think sci, I think sci-fi has always been special. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it it's always had a, a special place in my heart because my dad was super into it and and watching all those stupid ass. B movies you know, <laughs> from back in the day, like I enjoyed it for what it was, but growing into like what it is now, it's I don't know. It just makes me feel a different way. Um, and sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's silly, sure. But you know, now like look at devs. Like devs isn't funny. <laughs> it's kind of really fucked up. Yeah. But watching it, it's like I could not stop watching it. So I don't know. I just think. I think that for people who have a stigma of of what sci-fi is and and how it should be perceived, you know, all we're asking is just wipe that away and and give it a shot. You know, you may not like it. It may be it still may be too far fetched for you out there. But who knows? Like maybe something can hit where you're like, hey, I can actually follow this now. This makes sense to me. This feels this feels realistic to me. And it's like, yeah, because it's starting to be real. Um, but with that, guys, we'll just say thank you for listening. Yes. As always, thank you. We appreciate it, one hundred percent. And if you would like to support us, please follow us on any of your streaming services, and don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We have a link in the show description, mm-hmm. or you can follow us on our socials. That's intb underscore podcast at instagram and twitter or you can email us directly at intvpodcast at gmail.com and let us know do you like sci-fi at all do you hate sci-fi or <laughs> did you see train busan train to busan um are you um waiting for this the sequel yeah, sequel like companion thing that he's doing that they're doing or did you hate it do you hate zombie movies or what do you think of Westworld? I, I really want to know what people thought of it. Yeah. Because did they hate it? I bet they hated it. Probably. But yeah, just let us know. Whatever. Email us. DM us. Tag us. Yeah. Whatever. We're down for it all. Just let us know. Until then, guys. As always, remember. It's just not that bad. It's not that bad.